Cool. Sweet. All right. Well, man, I'm just uh, taking a sec to see everybody who's in here. This is dope. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Glad you guys could uh, could join me today. This is really exciting. Um, yeah. So the title of this workshop is Ministry After College. And um, I just wanted to kind of preface a little bit that whether you're close to graduating or have graduated <laughs> or, um, you know, no matter where you're at in how close you are to graduating, um, what I'm going to be talking about today, you can really apply to um, your walk with God, no matter where you're at. And so I hope that this is encouraging to you and helpful. Um, we're going to be kind of looking at some values and perspectives, as well as habits that can really bless you and can really bless uh, those around you as you move forward in life. And so, um, yeah, I'm really excited to, to jump in with you guys. Um, you may have read those things in the description, but I wanted to just give a little preface anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm going to spend the first 10 minutes of our time, 10 minutes or so, um, just talking about some of these values because they're really foundational. Um, and I really want to make sure I, I go over them well before we really get to put some meat on those bones. Um, but yeah, I imagine that um, maybe some of you guys who have yet to graduate uh, are maybe a little anxious or a little bit eager about that transition. I know it's really big and uh, there's certainly a lot of uncertainty to uh, kind of jumping into the next chapter of your life. And so I, I hope that this talk kind of gives you some ease. But um, yeah, before we jump in, I just want to let you guys know that even though we're talking about ministry after college, I am no expert. Um, I've only been, I've been out of college for less than two years. And so I'm not claiming to be a master or a know-it-all. Um, I don't claim to be a pro, but I'm just sharing with you some of the things that I've learned um, and some of my experiences with sharing the gospel since graduating um, that I, I hope are really encouraging to you guys. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just put in the chat our handout. Um, if I don't know if any of you guys, I guess some of you guys are on your computers. Um, some of you are not, but yeah, so I do have a handout. If you, if you want that, um, you can kind of track with that. Um, or you can just go ahead and take notes. Um, it's fine either way. You could even kind of look back through it. Um, once we are done, but yeah, that's a handout posted in the chat. Um, encourage you guys to take notes. Um, but yeah, let's get started. So I want to kick this off by talking about some really pivotal uh, values that have changed my life and um, just share those with you. Uh, they're called the attitudes of success. Um, I know that you guys are in different levels of spiritual maturity and um, just have been walking with Jesus for different amounts of time, but no matter where you're at, these values 
can really change your life if you uh, start applying them now, really. Um, they're called the Attitudes of Success. And really, uh, these come from a book that was written by Randy Lanthrop. He's a pastor in the 17.6 network of churches. And he spent a lot of time studying the Bible. And after just reading and reading and thinking, um, he kind of found that there are certain qualities of wisdom that really bless our lives and the lives of others if we live them out. And uh, he didn't come up with these. They're from God's word. Um, and he kind of just noticed the pattern in God's word. And so um, we're going to look at these um, in the first part of this workshop. They're the fear of the Lord. That's the first one. Fear of the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Humility teachability, and patience. So those are the attitudes of success. Um, they're in the handout as well, so you can have the reference there. Um, but yeah, what do these look like practically? How, how can you relate to these as maybe you're heading towards graduation or have graduated? Um, I'm going to spend a lot of our time uh, in this first section talking about the first attitude of success, that's the fear of the Lord. So that's where we're going to start. Um, this is the most pivotal. Um, really, the other attitudes of success kind of hinge on this and how well you live it out. Uh, in this section of his book, Randy, he's describing the fear of the Lord. And he says that fearing God is taking God seriously enough to obey him. And not only that, but to stay within the boundaries that God sets um, through his word. And so a real life example of this, of fearing God, could be um, asking yourself, you know, God, how do you want me to handle this situation? Maybe you have a problem that you're trying to solve or are working through a conflict in a relationship. Asking God, what would please you in the way that I handle this? And a, a really uh, more tangible way that you can apply this in your situation could be um, asking yourself, like, what kind of job would you want me to pursue for being strategic in advancing your kingdom, God? Um, or asking God, what would be the best place to live to pursue spiritual growth after college? Um, those are some really good questions to be asking yourself, uh, really a great place to start when you're thinking about transitioning um, out of college. And a key to living out the fear of the Lord is actually knowing what God's word says. Um, I don't know about you guys, but there's been times where I've had to make a decision and I made a a bad judgment call. Um, I, I was thinking in that moment, like, God, I really want to follow you and obey you. But I just made a poor decision because I wasn't, um, I, I didn't actually know perhaps what God's word said to do in that situation. But um, if you're thinking about making a decision um, and actually knowing what God wants um, is key. <laughs> and so I want to point us to uh, what God says he wants of us. And so we're going to be looking at the Great Commission, 
This is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus says, um, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So if you're trying to figure out what job you should take or where you should move or what church you should find, um, living that passage out should be your filter for how you make those decisions. Um, if you're a follower of Christ, then the Great Commission needs to be our filter and God's word needs to be our filter as you're thinking about um, how, where you're going to go. And so obeying God and, and really applying his word to your life is fearing him. And when it's hard to trust him, um, that's where you need to lean into him more. We need to really trust God. This is the second attitude of success. Trust in the Lord. Um, God has an amazing plan for all of us as, as followers of Jesus. And um, he promises to lead us if we follow him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Jesus will show you what job to take. He will show you where to move if you take the time to ask him where he wants you. <laughs> and not only that, but he's going to show you who to share with and how to point those people to him. So we have to fear God uh, and we have to trust in him when maybe things don't make sense. The third attitude of success that Randy talks about is humility. Um, this is a, a quality that is going to be really key in leading people to Christ for the rest of your guys' lives um, in college or not. Mark 10.45, if you haven't memorized this verse, I highly encourage you guys to memorize it. It's really encouraging. Um, Mark 10.45, it says, For even... The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Guys, Jesus is God. Like, he has, he has the most reason to be served because of how holy he is and how magnificent he is. But when he came as a man, he came to serve. Um, plain and simple. His entire purpose for becoming a man was putting the goals and interests of others above his own. And so if you guys want to lead your coworkers and your neighbors to Jesus, if you want to find a healthy church to serve at, um, or if you get married and you want to use your, your marriage as a light to the world, you'll have to be humble. And so what does humility look like more tangibly? Um, mentally choosing a lower position toward God, towards your leaders, towards your peers, um, showing respect towards everyone, even if maybe they don't respect you, um, and serving others with a good will. That's something that I've been particularly challenged with 
is not just serving other people, not just uh, just doing it and toughing it out, but actually having a good attitude while you're doing that, man, sometimes that can be really hard. And so really living life in a humble way and putting the goals and interests of others above our own um, is a, a huge tool in pointing people to Christ and living and loving um, the way that God wants us to. The next attitude of success, I want you guys to put a huge star next to this one, a huge star. Teachability, man. Being teachable is challenging, but it is so rewarding. Maybe um, you've never heard of what teachability is. Maybe uh, this is your first time, or maybe you're well familiar with it, but uh, teachability, man, understanding that you don't have the time to learn everything in your own experience. Uh, to make the most out of life, we have to learn from godly men and women who have lived what we haven't. Being aggressively teachable means that you're going to make any sacrifice to personally learn from others, uh, apply wisdom and grow. So Proverbs 13, 20, uh, God says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. You don't become wise by simply absorbing other people's godliness. You have to walk with them. You have to live life with wise people and then put what you've learned to action. Um, applying is huge. And so um, here's, a, here's an example of what aggressive teachability could look like once you've graduated, once maybe you've moved away. Um, so imagine you're no longer being invested in by somebody in challenge. Uh, and you've been talking with a leader at your church. Um, you've been asking God to lead you to somebody to disciple you. And after talking with this leader for a little while, they offer to meet with you and start discipling you. Um, they say, okay, yeah, I can meet with you. Um, let's meet Wednesdays at 6 a.m. And you, at this point, have an eight to five job. Are you going to say no? Or are you going to pursue the wisdom? It's challenging uh, continuing to pursue discipleship after you graduate. Um, people work all day. And so you're going to have to figure out, okay, how can I still meet with somebody? How can I still grow and pursue wisdom um, in this new context? And so being aggressively teachable, you're going to have to hit the ground running and really pursue um, those relate those discipleship relationships. And a, a huge key to this is that if you want to pour out your life into others, you're going to need somebody or some people to be pouring into you. Um, and so, and especially even God's word too, that's, that's the biggest one, <laughs> continuing to have God uh, pour into you and other people. Um, and then the last attitude of success we're looking at is patience. Um, you can't microwave disciples kind of, I mean, 
even Neil just talked about this, right? Like laboring is hard. Laboring takes time. You have character issues that are not going to disappear immediately um, once you start following Christ, once you start being discipled, once you start going to church. Walking with God is a process. Being changed by him is a process. Um, and thankfully, in Philippians 1.6, Paul says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So if you fear the Lord, if you trust in him, if you remain humble and teachable, man, you will not stay the same as you are now in some of the best ways. And as we make disciples, we have to apply this and remember that the people we're helping, like Neil talked about, they need patience and grace as we try and help them along. Um, discipleship <laughs> is very much like parenting. I haven't been a parent yet, but from what I've heard, uh, there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> and guys, ministry after college can be a lot slower than it is in challenge. In challenge, there's, man, there's always something going on. There's no shortage of hangouts or fun events to invite people to. You're in classes where you can just, you have potentially 30 people around you every week that you can directly impact. But um, it's a little bit slower. It can be a lot slower even at times after college, but you have to remember to be patient um, when you feel discouraged because God does the work. We just have to be faithful and uh, pray and share with other people. So these are the, the values that I really wanted to share with you guys. Um, this is foundational for walking with Christ and really bearing fruit. And so, like I said, you know, I, I want to set you guys up for success for walking with Christ for the rest of your lives. And I feel like I couldn't do that justice without sharing these with you. Um, if you want to build a skyscraper, you have to have a really firm, really solid, really deep foundation. And so if your faith, if your life is going to be a skyscraper, um, man, these, these foundational uh, values are going to change your life um, if you really apply them. So let's put some meat on these bones. Like we've talked about these values. We've, you know, looked at some hypothetical examples of how your life could play out. Um, and I want to share with you some really key things to be thinking about and praying about and doing as you um, start the rest of your guys' lives. First, it is absolutely crucial to your faith to find a healthy church after you graduate. Um, I know here in Chico, we have a, a wonderful community at Chico Community Church, and perhaps a lot of you could be staying, but if you're ever planning on moving away, um, this is huge for your faith. How many of you guys just think, you know, think in your head, how many of you guys are here now because somebody in challenge surveyed you or because you stopped by our booth on campus or because of our social media 
outreach. Perhaps that's more of a recent um, development. Guys, after college, there is no challenge. Like after you graduate, you have to be in charge of figuring out where you're going to get plugged into a new church. And um, not every single church in America is like challenge. Not every single church in America is going to come up to you at work or come up to your door and say, hey, we have this awesome community that we want you to be a part of. We want to invite you and we want to um, build relationships with you. That's just not how it is. And so, um, guys, you are responsible for finding a new church to be a part of if you move away. Um, I have a friend who graduated from, from Chico and this person, actually, they didn't spend the time to really research churches, um, in their hometown. And when they graduated, because they hadn't really done the work on the front end, they really struggled in their faith for months after moving back home. Um, and the thing is, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, if you're, if you are thinking about moving back home after you graduate or even just somewhere else, um, I highly encourage you guys research, try and find a new church to be a part of, um, before you move. Don't let this story be true of you. So some qualities to look for in a new church, if you're ever trying to find one. Preaching from the Bible. I know that that might kind of be funny hearing that, but it is actually really important to be a part of a church that is preaching from God's word instead of just stories or anecdotes. Um, God's word is ultimately what's going to change your life and your heart. And the lives of others. Pursuing um, relationships with the lost and making disciples. There's probably a lot of churches out there that don't really value disciple making the way that maybe we ought to. And so clearly, uh, as we've read the Great Commission, that's something Jesus wants us to do. And um, you're, I imagine you'll probably want to find a church that uh, values that as well. Something new that I've been learning about lately is um, church reproduction. Uh, if I was finding a new church to be a part of, I would want to find a church that is reproducing. Here's the thing. Not just not shrinking. Not just growing. But I would want to be a part of a church family that's reproducing the church. Growing and sending people to new places to plant a new church. Um, man, that would be so amazing to be a part of. And if you can, like, imagine that. Being a part of a church family where God is really growing people, sending them, and then the vacuum that's left behind would be filled by new people, more laborers like Neil was talking about. That's God's dream for the church. Um, so a church that's reproducing, man, if you could find a church like that to be a part of, that'd be a game changer. Um, the last couple of values that are really important, valuing serving others in a, in a church and in the community 
and having vision to reach the unreached people of the world. Um, these are just qualities that Jesus cares about. And so as his followers, um, I would hope that we are able to find churches that care about those things too. Um, and so as you're moving away um, or possibly going back home, no matter where you are in life, um, highly encourage you find a healthy church. And the next thing is to keep pursuing training. In the 17.6 network, we have a, a saying, your 20s are for training. So I'm sure a lot of us have memorized verses in challenge, um, learned how to have a quiet time uh, or share the gospel while being a part of challenge. But do you guys think that um, that's where God wants you to peak? No, <laughs> certainly not. Um, pursuing training and really growing as you transition out of college, that's going to flow immediately from finding a healthy church to be a part of. Um, a huge aspect of pursuing training, like I said earlier, is being discipled, continuing to be discipled. One of the top things on your prayer list as you're graduating should be for God to lead you to someone godly who will disciple you. Um, this shouldn't be something that only happens in the context of challenge. And so I highly encourage you guys to start praying for that, um, perhaps as you are heading towards uh, graduating. Finding a, a church leader who's going to pour into you is absolutely vital because as I already said, um, as I already said, someone pouring into you will help you better pour into others. Um, and another really key element, so we, we have continuing to be discipled. And another key to pursuing training is perhaps joining a training program of some kind at a church. Um, I have personally been a part of North Star. This is a, a two-year training program at Chico Community Church, and I'm almost done. It's been huge. It's been totally uh, rocking my world. Just we've gone so deep into God's word. Um, North Star has, has taught me really some helpful tools of sharing my faith. And so I would highly encourage you guys um, think about, pray about joining North Star if you're sticking around Chico or if you find a new church to be a part of, um, see what kind of training opportunities they have there. David didn't become king until he was 30. And Jesus didn't really start doing ministry till he was about 30. So your 20s, if you're going to rock and roll when you're 30 and beyond, your 20s are really where you lay those foundations. So as you're thinking about um, graduating and as you're heading towards this, or maybe you just have graduated, um, healthy church, pursuing training, and evangelizing. Jesus wants us to share our faith for the rest of our lives. As long as we are living and breathing, 
Jesus wants us to point other people to him. And so in this next section, uh, I'm going to be sharing some stories of just my own experience with sharing my faith after graduating. Um, I, I hope that these stories encourage you and kind of just give you a peek at what sharing your faith after graduating could look like in your own life. And I really encourage you guys to take notes, write down some observations that you hear from these stories. Um, as you are hearing these stories, maybe filter through the attitudes of success and see kind of where you hear um, one of them or some of them. Um, so, all right, I'm just going to get started. Um, I have a few, a few stories that I want to share with you and, um, just, yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, so one story, as I mentioned earlier, um, sometimes sharing your faith after college can be slow. Um, I lived at the challenge guys house for three years and uh, I moved in summer of 2017 and our neighbor, Florin, she was there when I got there. She still lives there now. Uh, she would come over periodically to our front door to pick up her mail. Uh, her mailbox and our mailbox are connected. And so it was kind of just a matter of time before uh, I ran into her. Eventually I started talking with her and I found out pretty quickly that she really needed Jesus in her life. Um, she has some disabilities and really struggles with uh, mental health issues, and she lives all by herself. And so over the course of the years, we just started talking more and more, and we actually would start going on walks, um, just getting lunch together sometimes, uh, grabbing coffee. And I don't... Uh, I don't typically advise ministering to people of the opposite sex uh, by yourself, but this was just a, a particular instance where I it seemed like God really put me in her life for a reason. Um, so just kind of take this with a grain of salt. But yeah, over the course of the years, like we would we're just spending time together probably once a month. Um, a verse that really I tried to live out was Colossians four, five, and six. Um, God says to be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So as we talked more and more, um, I would identify with Christ. I would tell her about what's going on in challenge or church. I asked her about her story and what she believes. And I invited her to church. But over the, the years, um, I've found out that her heart has a lot of hurt in it. And after trying and trying, she did not allow me to share the gospel with her for three years. She didn't allow me. Like, it wasn't because I wasn't trying. But she had a lot of hurt from her experiences. Um, and so finally, after being friends for three years, I was able to share with her. Um, but until then, I was identifying with Christ, um, encouraging her and supporting her when she was having a hard time. And we still meet up from time to time. 
And I know that God is still working in her, uh, even if it's taking years. But uh, here's the, the kicker, guys. Like, for all I know, I could be the only Christian who's ever loved her like that. Like, I don't know if anybody who follows Jesus has talked to her about these kinds of things or have supported her like this. And think about how many people you guys know who could be like Florin. I really have, I encourage you guys, like as you are pursuing your neighbors and your coworkers, sometimes it could take a long time to reach them or even your own family. It could take a while or it could not, but we can't give up. God is going to work. And he uses our faithfulness. And as we pray, he works. And so don't let yourself get discouraged if it takes a while to see some fruit because God is working and he wants to use you. So that's kind of a story of uh, some slower uh, pace. But I have other stories where it's more spontaneous. Um, while my ongoing evangelism has been literally years um, here's a, here's a more recent story for you guys. Um, I've been investing in my friend Colton for about six or seven months and a couple months ago, a few months ago, um, I invited him over to my house. We we're going to just kick it, hang out and go to our, uh, the hot tub in my apartment complex. And we we're just going to talk and, and, um, just relax. And so we're walking over to our hot tub. And I noticed that there's this college age guy um, just hanging out by himself. And so we get in, uh, we're just chilling. I'm talking to Colton and it was like my spider senses went off. Like my spider sense was tingling. It was like the Holy Spirit was like, uh, hey, Evan, um, are you going to talk to this guy? And let me ask you guys something. Like if you were in this situation, what would you do? Like, would you keep talking with your friend that you planned on talking to and hanging out with? Or would you actually talk to this stranger? Here's a pro tip for you guys. If you're ever in a situation where you're alone uh, with, with another person randomly, just a stranger, maybe you're in an Uber or like in an elevator or something, assume that God has you there for a reason. Like his spirit is in you and he wants to use you wherever you go. And so in that moment, I knew that I didn't go to the hot tub to just talk to Colton. Like God sent us there to connect with this guy. I started talking with him and I found out that his name is Dev. Um, he is a student at Chico State. He skates and plays drums and he grew up going to church, but he left after having a kind of disappointing experience. So fancy that, right? Like, I'm involved with Challenge, I play bass, I skateboard, and I meet this dude randomly who happens to be in interested in pretty much the same things. Uh, what a coincidence, right? So I'm talking with him, and as the conversation goes on, uh, he shares a little bit of his faith story. I share my testimony 
And it seems like Jesus is kind of on the back burner of his life. And so since meeting Dev at the hot tub, we've gotten together and jammed. Uh, I'm trying to invite him to church. Uh, we've had some more spiritual conversations and I'm still pursuing him. He's kind of slippery to get time with. Like it's been pretty hard, honestly, but I'm still pursuing him. And so not only was that an amazing opportunity because I just got to talk with this guy, but Colton, he got to see what it's like to share with people and pursue people in just a regular context that you might not expect. Um, so that was really encouraging just having him with me and being able to do that with him. So that was that was a fully unexpected, like really spontaneous um, encounter that God allowed us to be a part of. But I want to share another spontaneous encounter. And uh, you'll see why I put air quotes in a second. Um, so on January 17th, uh, I asked God during my quiet time to lead me to people who skateboard. Um, I've been kind of struggling to find people to actually like connect with and like that I share interests with. And so I've been wanting to pursue people who skateboard and I asked God to lead me to somebody who does. Uh, can you guys, what, can you guys guess what happened on January 18th? Yeah, you don't have to guess. Uh, I was walking through my apartment complex and a guy that I had never seen before um, asked me this super funny question that I was not expecting. Um, he was like, hey, do you live here? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he said, can I ask you a neighborly question? Or um, sorry, can I ask you for a neighborly favor? I was like, uh, yeah. Can I borrow a razor? Like, an exacto razor. I was like kind of surprised, but I immediately knew what he meant because in his hand was a skateboard with grip tape. He was about to set up a new skateboard. And if you know anything about skateboards, uh, when you're putting the grip tape on the top of the deck, uh, you need an exacto knife or a razor blade to trim off the excess. And so I saw this, I'm like, wow. Like, of course you can borrow a razor. And I ran back to my house, got one for him, started talking with him. And I found out his name is Carlos. Um, his girlfriend lives in our complex. And he is a student at San Jose State, but he lives with his girlfriend and just does class online. So I started talking with Carlos. Um, we actually have gone skateboarding a couple times. And I just have had some spiritual conversations with him. It's been Kind of hard, but still pursuing him. Um, and so fancy that. Like, I pray for an opportunity to connect with somebody who has a similar interest, and God literally leads me to somebody the next day. Um, it was amazing. It's, it's awesome. And um, I just, I want to highlight something that's really important. It's a really important common element between all of these stories. Intentionality. Like, God set up the pieces of these stories, whether I was praying about them or not, whether I was expecting them or not. But the only, the only reason I was able to have these conversations was because I took a step out and pursued them. Like, sure, people fall into your lap sometimes, 
but we have to be really intentional with how we spend our time and what conversations we have with the people that we do um, because we don't know the next time that we might be able to talk to them. And so if, if you're not even praying for opportunities to share your faith, you're probably not going to be looking for them. And even if you are praying for them consistently, um, are you ready for them? I don't want to be overbearing. I don't want to be harsh, but I really want to encourage you and push you guys. Um, sharing your faith, it takes a lot of intentionality, takes a lot of social, relational maturity, and boldness. And a verse that really helps me and encourages me is 2 Timothy 1.7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. If you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of power, love, and self-discipline is in you. That's awesome. That's amazing. And so we can share our faith in boldness. We can share our faith with intentionality. And I want to share some tools with you guys that I have found over the years that I use when I share my faith that I really want to share with you to equip you to do the same. So we're looking at some basic uh, necessities for evangelism. It's kind of like my toolbox, I guess. Um, these are some tools, some resources. They're in the handout, um, but I'm going to share them with you as well um, verbally. So I would encourage you guys as you're looking to really hit the uh, hit the ground running sharing your faith memorize fire f-i-r-e it's an acrostic um, find common ground f um, interests i relationships r experience with spiritual things just talk you know talking with Somebody random that you find, talking with a classmate, talking with uh, an old friend back home that you haven't talked with in a while. Hey, how are things going? What, what's your major? What classes are you in? What do you do for fun? Oh, really? I do this for fun. What's your family like? Do you have any siblings? What was growing up like for you? Did you, did you ever go to church with your family? What do you believe? Asking questions like that, it's, it's really simple. If you just take the time to think through conversing like that <laughs> and talking with people. Um, and so, yeah, memorizing fire and really applying that to conversing with new people, um, that's, that was a game changer for me. Um, and the thing is, guys, if you're talking with somebody new and the majority of the words that are coming out of your mouth are what you like, what you think, and who you are, you're probably wasting a really good opportunity to learn about what they like, what they think, and who they are. The more you know about this person that you're talking with, the better you can minister to them. And going through this acrostic while, while talking with somebody new or even someone old um, 
can give you a solid picture of, of who they are and what they value highly um, and where they are in their walk with God. So memorize fire. Practice working through fire as you're talking with people. Um, memorize and nail down your testimony. This is key. This is the, the next tool that I wanted to share with you. Have you ever shared your testimony with someone? Have you ever shared the story of how you came to Christ with somebody? Um, I have, and I've asked people the story of how they came to Christ. And sometimes I talk with people and I ask them what their faith story is. And they just unload their testimony onto me like a fire hose. And they blast this 15 minute story that is hard to track with and maybe um, isn't super impactful. Like, and that's not saying anything against this person, but sometimes people maybe don't practice sharing how they came to Christ. And it's a really powerful tool in sharing our faith. Um, it can be really huge because it gives people an understanding that God really works in our lives. And so if we can practice our testimony and share it in a way that's uh, punchy and has some impact, um, that's, that could be a really powerful tool in sharing your faith. And so something helpful for structure that I have found is um, kind of a before, during, after structure. Um, before I came to Christ, blank. After I came to Christ, blank. And having, coming to the gospel in the middle or hearing the gospel in the middle. So I can just share with you really quick my testimony. Before I came to Christ, I really struggled with self-centeredness. I was a cold person. I was unloving. And because of that, I was really impulsive, selfish, struggled with depression, and I was really two-faced. But then I came to Christ. Cody shared the gospel with me and has been investing in me in the past five years. And after I decided to follow Jesus and started really taking steps in my faith, since then, I have experienced more peace, purpose, joy, direction in my life than I ever have before. It's been the best five years of my life. How simple was that? You guys can do that. We don't have, of course, like we can share a long testimony if the time allows. Um, but the key that I want you guys to take away from this is that if you can learn to share your testimony in an effective way with some impact and some punch to it, you can learn how to do that in three minutes or less. You totally can do it in 10 or 15 Um don't underestimate the impact of your testimony because if you're a Christian, God saved you somehow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so nail down your testimony. The last uh, tool that I really want to share with you and I don't want you to overlook is master sharing the gospel. Master sharing the gospel. Do you have a firm grip on these concepts, the fall of man, 
our need for redemption, God's love and his, his justice, his wrath, uh, what Christ's death and resurrection means for us, the choice that we all have to make. I encourage you guys, get a, a firm grip on those concepts um, because those are absolutely central to what we believe about Jesus. <laughs> and so if you have a really firm grip on that and a confidence in what the Bible says, um, people can pick that up when you're sharing with them. And more importantly, actually relying on God's word, memorizing Romans 6.23, Romans 3.23, Ephesians 2.8-9, John 3.16. Um, on the handout, there's a resources page, and I included the challenge um, gospel appointment lesson, memorizing the bridge and pie illustrations. Super, super pivotal. Uh, they, man, I have shared the gospel and drawn those illustrations sitting next to somebody on an airplane. I've drawn them on a bar napkin. I have shared them verbally with an Uber driver. Like, if you really get a grip on how to how to share these really basic but foundational truths about the gospel, man, you could take them and apply them anywhere. You really can. It's awesome. Um, these have changed the game for how I share my faith. And um, I just really wanted to share these with you guys because if you guys can master sharing the gospel, um, like I said earlier, way earlier, if you're walking with God, you will not stay the same. God will use you. You've got to put your yes on the table, but the Holy Spirit is in you. God wants to use you, and you're going to have neighbors, coworkers, family members that they're not going to have challenge. There's just going to be you, the local church. And so these, these foundational um, values, these perspectives, and these tools are going to be huge in sharing your faith and continuing to thrive with God um, after you graduate. Jesus in John 15, 16, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Guys, my prayer for, for you and for us as a ministry is that we will go and bear lasting fruit. Lasting fruit. And I know that if you guys apply God's word to your life in these ways that we've talked about, um, and if you just keep walking with him, God is going to bear through, uh, fruit through our lives. So I, I exhort you. This is a workshop about ministry after college, but it doesn't have to start after college. <laughs> really, apply, you can apply these things now. I encourage you to apply these things now so that when you graduate, you can hit the ground running, having experience in these things under your belt. Um, and so whether, you're, whether graduation is far off or not, um, 
these have changed my life and I, I hope that they have will change yours um, as you, you live them out. So that's it. That's all I had to share. Um, if you guys have questions, we can do some question and answer time. And so uh, what we'll do is actually, um, you can just unmute yourself and ask a question, or you could even type it in the chat and then um, I can just address it. But yeah, I would love to answer any questions that you guys might have. Yeah, I have a question. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Evan, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can, Joseph. Can you hear me? Okay, cool. Sweet. Yes. Um, so I had a question just about um, how to, like, find people after college when we're working at a job. And say we work at a job with not a lot of coworkers. What are some ways we can find people to meet after college? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think kind of going back to what I was talking about with um, so those those key questions to ask yourself as you're transitioning um, and, and fearing God, really, really thinking through and praying through what job could I find that is really strategic for uh, having opportunities to share and where could I live uh, that will provide opportunities. Uh, asking and praying through those questions are really helpful. Obviously, um, if you are at a job where that's the case, um, I wouldn't say quit and go find a new job, but um, yeah, if, if your job is maybe not having as many opportunities, then finding a place to live where there's a lot of people could be really helpful. Um, just personally, like Sophia and I, we live in an apartment complex. So off the bat, there's people all around us. And not only that, but we live in, apartment, in an apartment complex near campus. So there's a lot of college students around us. And so um, really being intentional with even down to stuff like that, where you live, are you going to live in a house? Are you going to live in an apartment complex? What kind of neighborhood are you going to live in? Um, really being intentional and thinking through uh, those questions can help set you up for uh, some evangelistic opportunities. And so I guess to answer your question, if your job potentially isn't um, very fruitful in that type of environment, then perhaps looking elsewhere um, at like a living situation or also um, going to people. Like, I guess to elaborate, I'm trying to find skateboarders. So I go to the skate park. Um, I'm not going to ask them to come to me. Like, of course, I happen to find two in my complex, but um, like Ryan Leong, for example, he loves spike ball. He started playing spike ball and he's gotten so good that he is an ambassador for spike ball and goes to tournaments. And so like he's jumping into the pond. Um, and so that's another thing too, is 
as you're trying to find a, a people group to pursue um, or, or just a certain age group or anything, um, a lot of it is we have to go to them. So, uh, Joseph, I think you might be muted. Yeah, thank you, Evan. Was that helpful? Do you have any uh, Do you have any follow up questions or anything? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that was a good question. Anybody else have other questions? I have a question for you. All right. Um, what's the best way to find a healthy church after graduation? You like listed the like um, ideas that like a healthy church should have, but like, how do you find out like what a church believes in? Like, can you just like, I don't know if you could elaborate <laughs> on that a little bit more, like how can I find out the sort of values that a church has? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, so something that I've encountered that is kind of tricky is you'll go to a church's website and they have their values. What do you think you're going to see? We follow Jesus. We read the Bible. You know, like a lot of, a lot of values uh, that are on churches' websites, a lot of them at, at maybe at first glance are just the same because hopefully if they're followers of Jesus, uh, they would be <laughs> biblical. Um, and so it's really hard to tell, like, you know, what is this, what is this church family actually like in person? Um, and so part of that could be visiting, um, maybe taking a, a vision trip to where you're thinking about moving and visiting a church. I know that um, as Cody is you know, heading to Santa Cruz, he went down and was able to find a church that really um, has the values that he was looking for to partner with. And so I think a key element is if you can try to visit a church in the area that you're thinking about moving. Um, because yeah, it's, it's really hard to tell just based on what a website might say about their values. Or uh, I guess kind of a plus side to the pandemic is that you might not have to visit. Like we have live streams. You could watch a sermon from a church that you're interested in from the comfort of your own home. And you could even watch it not on Sunday, because if, if it's pre-recorded. Um, and so I guess in this current context, that could be really helpful is just finding some, finding a, an example of what a typical service could look like. Um, I know that that can be really helpful as well. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, any other questions? All right. Well, speak now or forever hold your peace. 
<laughs> Maybe one final question if anyone has any. Okay, sweet. Cool. Well, uh, let me pray for you guys. Um, I'd love to pray. And then um, we'll just get together tomorrow. Um, I'll probably see some of you at a different workshop. I'm going to be joining uh, a different one. But yeah, let me pray. And then uh, we'll get going. Uh, Jesus, thank you for um, the vision that you have given us um, from your word, God, that that you want us to go, you want us to make disciples, you want us to be a part of your family and reproduce that wherever we go. And so I just pray for us as um, as your, your body, God, that no matter where we all end up, that you would help us to really take these values and perspectives um, from your word. And, and we ask that you would help us to live them. Please guide us. Um, please use us to bear fruit that will last. Um, we, we love you, God. We want to honor you with our lives. And we ask that you would help us to live out these values now um, and later, that, that we wouldn't wait until after we graduate to start living out these things that we've learned. And so I just pray for all of us that you would continue to use us, continue to grow us. I thank you for your promises that you will do that. And uh, yeah, God, we, we love you. And we thank you for allowing us to be a part of your story. And so we just thank you and praise you in your name. Amen.